Welcome, devoted listeners, to the beautiful, misunderstood, apex predator of the internet, which is, put a shark in it. What are we looking at today, Zay? Well, we're looking at one of both of our childhood favourites, I think, anyway, and that's Legend, directed by Ridley Scott. It's a film that you wouldn't uh, automatically assume was directed by Ridley Scott. No, because, well, I was going to say because it's a child's film and stuff, but... Very dark tones. It's very dark. Yeah, absolutely, because when I was a kid, it really scared me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. It was never scary in the way that, you know, like a horror film is scary, but... Parts of it really stuck with me. Yeah, definitely. The imagery of it is Mm -hmm. incredible. It's up there for me in my childhood films alongside Willow. Oh my goodness. Automatically, I thought Willow when I was watching it because I loved Willow Mm -hmm. so much. And I was thinking about Willow recently anyway because I think, is it Kevin Smith maybe has a dog called Mad Mardigan? Really? Yeah, I think, I'm sure it's Kevin Smith. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, they, like a rescue dog called Mad Martin. I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. That's brilliant, yeah. yeah, yeah, so cool. Although dogs don't really respond to long names, so probably just call it Mad. Maybe, yeah. Mad. <laughs> I wouldn't call that name out on the street. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to mention this. My niece was saying to my dad that when he gets a dog, he should call it Koo, which is an Irish word for warrior. Right. Which is great, but we thought it was hilarious because imagine my dad, a uh, Robert De Niro looking fella in his sixties, <laughs> out in a park going, Koo! Koo! Koo doesn't sound like is it's an Irish word? Yeah. Koo. I've never heard it. She got that from a film called By the Sea, which is oh, all about yeah. Selkies and it's an animated animated film. Oh, cool. Yeah. Really sweet, cool film. But no, I was going to say, because all of those films, um, Willow and Legend and The Princess Bride, uh, all the, any kind of fairy tale was like my jam <laughs> when I was yeah. a kid. I loved fairy tales, like fairy tale films, fantasy films, but also all of the stories had all the books. I think that, you know, it's, I don't really like saying this because it's something that people say, but I think they did it better back then. I think mm-hmm. when when they were toying with the darker tones and really went all out with production design, yeah, and absolutely. character design, it it was just it felt real. Yeah, well, also I think the thing like you said, there films for kids. Although there were some like very fun, very family films, was they were had a darker tone, or they weren't yeah. scared to have a darker tone. Yeah, with. like even Gremlins is a perfect Gremlins example. Gremlins exactly that. what I was thinking about. Gremlins was on in my house a lot, yeah. but. You know, it's really dark and scary. Yeah, there are some really horrible things that happen in that as well. Like, I wonder if it's pretty... why our generation is more jaded than <laughs> the millennials. Uh, well, oh, you know what I heard today? That millennials are defined as anyone born after 1982. What? Between 1982 and like 2004 or something like that. I'm like, well, I just missed out. But then I was like, really? So people in their 30s can be millennials? Seems strange. It does. And it doesn't equate, it doesn't equal to the image I have in my head of a millennial. No, I wouldn't diss the millennials because they're a very uh, charitable bunch, so I have a lot of time for them. Oh, yeah. Did you say that they're the most? They, on average, they give, I think, now this is in dollars because 
is an American statistic, but they gave $484 or $481 last year in charitable donations, which is for a millennial who gets paid 20% less on average than the previous generation, is actually a really huge portion of their income, you know? Yeah, more conscious they're, of the world. I think they're more conscious because they have all of the world's information at their fingertips, mm-hmm. like in their pocket, literally, and maybe the previous generations not quite as um, savvy with that. Yeah. yeah, with my niece who uh, is 17, you know, she is incredibly politically minded. Mm-hmm. You know, every day there's an issue to discuss or yeah. talk about. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, her Facebook is rife with things yeah. that you know, show that the world matters and we're all part of the world. Yeah. So is yours though, Lynn, but just because you're a millennial. I missed the cut, so I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the previous generation is called. Do you find my Facebook posts uh, annoying? No, I just zoomed quickly past them. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with Legend at all. So Legend was released in 1985. Oh, yeah, 1985 in Britain, December 1985, 1986 in the US. Okay, so we're just going to focus on the European aspect of it because there yeah. are two versions of the film. Yeah, the US version is much shorter. Uh, the European cut, the theatrical cut or director's cut, is two hours long whereas the US version that was released was like 90 minutes so approximately so there was a big difference. I mean I don't remember seeing the American version I mean there there are clear-cut differences in the Mm -hmm. American version and Darkness who is played by Tim Curry is revealed much sooner in it and also the soundtrack is done by Tangerine Dream which is which is of its time okay but a huge mistake because Jerry Goldsmith who actually scored the film the European version of the film. I mean, he's one of the most famous composers for Hollywood film of all time. He scored The Mummy and Alien and Papillon and Gremlins, Total Recall, Poltergeist, The Omen, which is obviously hugely famous. I was listening to the the Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack Mm -hmm. and was really enjoying it and was really taken with it and thought it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So today I listened to the Tangerine Dream one. (laughs) I had to turn it off. It doesn't even go with okay so obviously we're going to talk about how beautiful this film is and for such a beautiful breathtakingly so film why would you put this like electro synth kind of 80s pop even good old jerry said suddenly to be scored by a techno pop group seems sort of strange to me in reference to the beautiful set design and whatnot and he he would tend to spend six to ten weeks on a film score but for legend he spent six months writing songs how unbelievably fucked off would you be um i mean i can't even the thing is i think it was the studio rather than like ridley scott or anyone that made that decision and as far as i know tangerine dream had like a month or not even maybe not even a month like a matter of a couple of weeks to to write the songs for the film yeah fair play to them that's great you know and each to their own i I didn't really like it i think that the most brilliant thing about a soundtrack or a score to any film is that it will stand alone and you can mm-hmm. listen to it that's what I really love about them and yeah. I listen to them a lot you listen to scores a lot which I I don't I like them in context only mm-hmm. really but they add a huge amount to a film mm-hmm. and unless like for example we were talking last week about the soundtrack for train spawning of course it's great in and of itself because it's of that world but it doesn't work for a film like Legend, no, you know, it's a fairy tale. It doesn't have techno pop. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that you know I do listen to scores a lot, 
the, the main area in which I listen to them that I really enjoy and it really fuels me on is mm-hmm. when I'm in the gym is when I listen to like action yeah. um, scores yeah. <laughs> or when I listen to action tracks and I'm on the treadmill and I think if I stop running I will die and it's, <laughs> it's a massive motivator I recommend it to everyone well, see this is why I don't listen to them because I don't go to the gym <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though that you said that it was the studios idea mm-hmm. because from what I can see here Ridley had some hand in it he had said that European audiences are more sophisticated they accept preambles and subtleties, whereas the US goer goes for a much broader stroke. Mm, that's not insulting. Not insulting <laughs> at all. Uh, but you know, I think that might have come out of the whole screen, uh, not screen yes. test, they'd done uh, previews of the film um, to get sort of ideas of what people thought about it, and it didn't go well. Yeah, people laughed apparently, mm-hmm. um, but he, he did say that he smelled people smoking Yeah, water. exactly, which of course, if you're high, you're going to laugh at anything. Yeah. But I, I know I would be devastated. I would be devastated. I think that led to half an hour of the film being cut as well because yeah. people said it was too long. And so maybe American audiences at that time, and maybe audiences to some extent in general at that time, you didn't get the long films you get now. Mm-hmm. Films are... Two hours is pretty standard for a film now. 90 minutes in the 80s was very standard. So to sit through a two-hour mm-hmm. film that was primarily aimed, I suppose, at children and families. Yeah. It does seem like maybe a tad excessive to some people, but, I, you know, I was fine. I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> Hopefully Lord of the Rings changed that for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but we're such a sophisticated European audience. Of course, That's yeah. That's what it is. That's what we will refer to ourselves as. From <laughs> but you know also that Ridley Scott offered the film to Disney? He yes. took the film to Disney and they said it was too dark. Mm-hmm. So. But he also, for the set design or for the entire design, he had a Disney film in mind. Oh, okay. So that might be why, uh, to lead us on to our, one of our favourite things about the film, that there is glitter <gasps> everywhere. I, there, well, I was saying to you that I don't know what the glitter budget on that film was, but it was it was steep. I, like A third <laughs> of the film must surely just have been, it's like a Claire's accessories on acid for that film. I think it's one of the reasons why I loved it so much when I was little. Even all the dark yeah. stuff, I was like, dark stuff, though, it's okay. Cause yeah, because glitter. it's glittery. Yeah, because even when you first see, well, you don't see him, but when you first hear darkness in the very first scene of the film, there's still glitter on his table. Mm-hmm. I'm like, see, it can't be that bad. <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> if there's glitter. For anyone out there, this is how to lure us in and trap us. <laughs> Really Not worried. a yellow brick road, it's no, no. a glitter pathway. A glitter pathway. Oh, no. That would be so good. But uh, Tom Cruise was 24 years old when they made this. Just a young one. Yeah. Yeah, before oh, he yeah. had his teeth fixed. Yes, actually. Yeah, he, looks, he doesn't look madly different, but, no, you know. No. Yeah. He looks like the classic Disney prince. With the hair and everything. Little forest child. He'd been in risky business. Previous to that, well, it was his big hit to that point, which really put him on the map. Some people kind of were a bit disparaging of him in the film, but really the the kind of role that Jack is, it's very straightforward Disney prince, fairy tale hero. You know, they they yeah. don't have a lot of depth of character. I think he was like a mix of Tarzan and Snow White. That's exactly right. You know, and he uh, worked with the writer to cut out loads of his dialogue mm-hmm. because he didn't feel that the character would speak very much. Yeah, because and he's I, just I, a yeah. People criticise that, but I thought it was great. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's definitely a, more of a simple soul. Mm-hmm. 
and I think his interactions with her when he does speak, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is kind of about love and it's it's yeah. nice and I think it means more rather than him going, oh, come over here to these trees. Yeah, exactly. And he can uh, communicate with animals. Mm-hmm. No, they, they don't go into that, but she does ask him to teach her how to speak to the rabbits. I assumed that he had already taught her how to speak to some of the animals. Yeah, I guess, because like most fairytale princesses, she seems to be attracted to animals. That sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, she's just dying with the forest creatures. She's fine. This is his new feature. Bestiality. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was too dark for US audiences. <laughs> they filmed it all on the James Bond soundstage. And um, Pinewood, is that? Yes, yeah. it is, yeah. Um, and they had real birds yeah. <laughs> living because they had re- some real trees, uh, so they had all these real birds and animals living on the set, mm-hmm. which I guess is pretty. Method. Yeah, to to you know incorporate it all in that space, uh, you know I I never never thought that they weren't in the forest. Yeah, I mean Ridley had looked at Yosemite to shoot it in, but he thought that he couldn't control the environment. Yeah, so they wanted to do it in soundstage. He worked with Ashton Gordon, who was the production designer. He actually wanted to work with him previously, but didn't get him. So he got him for this absolute travesty that he did not get nominated for an Oscar or a BAFTA. Yeah, that's, that's pretty the, bad. The people that won that year, there was one for Amadeus and the other one was for The Killing Field. And I just, I can't believe what he created didn't get credited. Yeah, because he all. really created it. Whereas The Killing Fields, which is an amazing film, very heart-wrenching, it's not set. It's not a set in the same way, you know, it's not created in the same way. Not to take away from it in any way, but they had other BAFTA nominations for that film as well because um, the makeup was nominated for a BAFTA and an Oscar. So it was pretty well thought of in terms of its appearance, like in mm-hmm. its look and its cinematography. I'm sure you'd like to oh, talk about yeah, it. Oh, because... yeah, definitely. Yeah, Alex Thompson won the award for best cinematography from the British Society of Cinematographers for mm-hmm. Legend. Yeah. You um, know, and the cinematography in it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's so many fantastic shots, there was lo- loads that I was noting down. One in particular is when she turns and is in her black dress and yeah. looks back to the mirror and half of her face is in shadow and it's beautifully done. Yeah. It's so like film noir, but it's, you know. Yeah, but it has something that, new. that dark fairy tale um, about it. It's certainly up there for me amongst the most beautiful films ever made. I, I can't really think of one. And not just because of all the glitter. <laughs> that helps. Blind with everything. Yeah. But but even um the scene where you see the unicorns, yeah, frolicking in the river, yeah, or stream, um, that's so beautifully set up. It's just so perfect. It's just so it's so breathtaking. Yeah, it really is. And Alex Thompson also worked on Labyrinth. Yes, um, which is another one of my childhood favorite films. Also, High Spirits, which I only am mentioning because when I was a little kid, I loved High Spirits. Have you ever seen it? No, I don't think so. Oh my goodness. Steve Gutenberg already. Got to be good. Daryl Hannah, Liam Neeson, oh. uh, Peter O'Toole. And it's about ghosts and whatever, but okay. it's very funny. Um, also, Demolition Man. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was just like, yes, Demolition Man is one of my favourite films. It's so good. It's so brilliant. It's so funny. Like, we went to Taco Bell for the first time on our summer holiday in Spain. <laughs> and I just couldn't help but think of Demolition Man the whole time. Do you know that in the UK it was Pizza Hut? Oh, really? Apparently the original UK theatrical version of it was Pizza Hut because we didn't have Taco Bell. Oh. So, there you go. 
Speaking of how amazing the makeup was, I did want to talk about it a little bit. It still stands up. It's yeah. all practical effects. It was a man called Rob Bottom. Worked on The Thing. Oh, did he? He came straight off The Thing mm-hmm. to work on this because mm-hmm. he thought, because there were main characters that were going to be completely done up in prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He thought, right, there's a brilliant opportunity here. So he had to work with Ridley and the writer to limit the amount of characters that were <laughs> because it was going to be insane. Yeah. But what in doing that created fantastic characters. Yeah. Actually be because he didn't have featured. to spread too thin yeah. kind of thing. Um, he also worked in some of our favourite films because he worked on Seven and Fight Club and Total Recall and The Witches of Eastwick. So he really has made some amazing films. The prosthetic pieces for obviously darkness in particular, which I think is the definitive depiction of the devil to me. I mean, in appearance at least, red, they horned, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and those horns, which are huge. Bigger horns than I had ever seen, really. Well, Not, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> than in any any depiction or any, like, yeah. even a new Buffy or anything, like, nobody's ever gone like the full horn. I suppose yeah. in Hellboy they did, but then they broke his horns away. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that must have been such a weight on Tim's head. Well, they had to remake them because they were giving him really bad neck strain. They couldn't continue to lift them up that whole oh time. God. So they had to kind of rejig what they were made from, but... Um, you would have assumed that they would have made them from the lightest them, material Yeah, make them from air and glitter, <laughs> is what I <laughs> well, would have that's done. that's what the rest of the film exactly. made of. But uh, Tim Curry is unrecognisable, apart from his amazing voice. Yes, and the mouth. Yes, and the mouth. Yeah, but, I mean, everything, the chest piece, uh, all of the facial features. Even his veins and his arms yeah. and his hands, I mean, it's so oh, good. so good. I was going to say so good looking, and then I thought, well, he's not good looking. <laughs> But he looks good. Oh, no, I'm with you. He's good. Yeah. Like, it's pretty hot stuff. Yeah. Um, and then another character, which I think is terrifying, actually. I was purely terrified of this character when I was a child, was Meg Mucklebones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, now she scared me more than Darkness because, well, I don't know why, really, but she really did. <laughs> Jumping out of the swamp and everything. Um, and that's played by Robert Picardo. Yes, who plays the Doctor in Voyager, which yeah. I've actually started watching again, oh, really? so it was really, it's like, oh my god, it's the yeah. Doctor. And also his name's Picard, oh. I know. My goodness. It couldn't be more perfect. Jeez, it all fits together. But apparently, again, the, it was an incredibly heavy prosthetic to have to wear, and especially when it's wet. Oh god, you know? yeah. Can you imagine you having to much. leap up out of water with that? But with, with all of that in mind, that's, that's a flawless performance from oh him. Oh my goodness. You know, even his hands yeah. and everything, the way he moved. He yeah. must have been on some sort of thing that kind of moved him up and down because there's a, he's got a Yeah, he's got a height. kind of a buoyancy, strange thing in the water. It's so, so good. I um used to be properly terrified of that part I of the I think I actually used to skip that bit. Yeah, it was really scary. She wants to eat Jack. Even if you're not really someone who's into fairy tales, you have to appreciate the amount of work. And just how stunning it is to look at. Because things nowadays can be equally as stunning. They're usually helped along by computers and and Mm -hmm. other things. I think just the sheer amount of practical work that went into that film. But the thing is, I mean, practical work is time consuming in a different way than, you know, the digital work. Yeah, of course, not to take away from people who do that. But it pays off so much more. It does. I mean, it it lasts so much longer Mm -hmm. and I... I love it so much. Even in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, they used practical effects, mm-hmm. and he was encouraged not to, but he was like, nope, this is yeah. what we're doing, and then of course they won. 
streams of the war. Yeah, because that's another very beautiful film. Yeah. Well, clearly the uh, European way to do things. Yeah. <laughs> no, the robot's American and just <laughs> being an ass. So the budget was $24.5 million. That seems a lot. Mm-hmm. For, the, for then? For 1985, yeah. yes. But it wasn't a big critical, well, I should say it wasn't a big success in terms of its box office no, because didn't really people didn't it. really enjoy it. But thankfully it's now become a cult classic. Oh, so absolutely. And it does get shown on television. Nowadays I think they show the full theatrical version, but I know, I'm sure when I was younger they used to show the 90 minute version because I remember that Tangerine Dream. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember having a tangerine dream. It was terrifying. <laughs> Mia Sara, who played Lily, that was her first ever film. You know, there was a casting call and she was found and I think she's really great at it. Yeah, she is. You know, well, because she was only 18 or 19 when she made that film. Oh, so, you know, she was young. Um, The only thing is, I think the performances suffer a little bit because they had to redub yeah, everything because you couldn't. The sound stage was so huge, and then had all the birds <laughs> and everything that they had to. They couldn't pick up the audio properly. Like sound pulling their hair. Out. Oh it's my like, goodness! Oh my god, it's fucking it's crazy. Plus, uh, it caused the whole James Bond sound stage to go on fire. Yeah, apparently there was trapped gas in mm-hmm. the the top of it, and thankfully everybody was at lunch. Yeah, and um, this the it was only a guard had seen what happened, mm-hmm. and the stadium was consumed with flames. I think it was maybe 10 metres high in the air, the flames went up. Yeah. With 10 days of filming left on the 007 stage, but they only lost three days by moving to another sound stage. Um, poor Ashton had to, you know, plant, put some trees up and things. <laughs> plant a couple of trees there. <laughs> but they also rebuilt the stage anyway because um, they then went on to make another Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. Well, you would have to rebuild that. I mean, it, yeah. it was historically yeah. important. But Roger Moore, not my favourite Bond, you know? No. Let's just say that. Other casting, I wanted to talk obviously a little bit, I know we've touched on it, but about Tim Curry, because I love Tim Curry yeah. so much. In everything that yeah, he I've Yes, I've never seen him in anything that I didn't enjoy. I just He just seems so funny and nice, and he had been in Annie and Rocky Horror to that point that were his big, mm-hmm. you know, hits which were both huge films for me at different times in my life. When I was a teenager, I was all about Rocky Horror, yeah. of course, as a lot of teenagers are, I think. <laughs> and um, Annie, when I was a child, loved it so much. Then I am a musical fan. Yeah. But he also made Clue that year. Her Clue was released that year, which I know you're not a fan of. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like Clue. I love it so much. And they're remaking it, which I'm fine with. But I just, I love Clue. Why uh, do you like it so much? I just, well, I like, first of all, it's got a great cast, and Tim Curry's in it, so second of all. Um, <laughs> no, but I just enjoy it, like, yeah. I think when I was a kid, because it reminds me of some films that I watched when I was a kid, like Haunted Honeymoon, you know, things like High Anxiety and Young Frankenstein, they just all were films that I watched, maybe with my dad and things when I was a child, and I know they're farcical, and a lot of people don't like farce, but... When I was a child, I liked it, and I liked how the characters, because I didn't have Cluedo or anything when I was a kid, so I didn't know that it was based on that, which did not go down well with the makers of Clue, aka Cluedo, because uh, they didn't ask permission. Oh, <laughs> so it was a big deal, but um, but I liked how you know there was Miss Scarlet and there was Colonel Mustard, like that was all like, wow, what? 
This is really cool. These characters are like all very specific. Yeah, I just liked it. It amused me. I think the probably the reason why I don't like it is that I didn't watch it when I was a kid. Yeah, there's some films that are really like that. Yeah, but even um my friend Sarah, I made her watch Labyrinth, um because she hadn't watched it, which is crazy to me to be thirty six and not have watched Labyrinth when you were a child, but she didn't like it. I mean, certainly not in the same way that I liked it. Yeah, you it's know? disappointing. What a friend of mine lent me Clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing was that he would lend me a film and I would lend him a film. Mm-hmm. And I think I maybe made it ten minutes in, and I had to turn it off. It is. It's one. It's very. It's, it's very classic. Like those kind of um, French farces that you see in the theater, like misunderstandings, people in one room and running out of another. It's very classic in that and I am not a fan of that now now mm-hmm. because I always remember thinking that Frasier, you know telling Joe Frasier, yeah, yeah. used to do that all the time. It used to drive me crazy. Right. I'd be like, oh can you not just say what the thing is? Yeah. But like, if if everyone just said what the thing is Of course was, there would be no We would have no stories. I know. <laughs> it would be incredibly boring. Yeah, but when you're a child you'd think that's all hilarious, yeah. you know. But I think um we information pack here mm-hmm. where Ridley Scott was actually considering Richard O'Brien to play Meg Mucklebone. Yes, of Rocky Horror fame, of yeah. course. But he was watching Rocky Horror Picture Show and saw Tim Curry and went, I want that guy. Of course. But he decided he didn't want Richard O'Brien. No, yeah, I Richard think, could be... Richard O'Brien not do? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, there's, there's no more information Shit. on that. Screw you, Richard. Um, <laughs> he wanted the doctor. Yeah, well, don't worry. Richard was okay because he went on to make The Crystal Maze. Nice. Which is one of the best TV shows of all time. I hear they might be coming back. <gasps> that's, people say that all the time, though, because uh, there was a whole period where people wanted Russell Brand to do it. Who, at the, at the time, when people were talking about it, probably would have worked. It wouldn't work now. Well, even though he's remaking Drop Dead Fred, apparently. So, he doesn't care about shitting on my childhood. <laughs> so, shall we take our step-by-step guide? Let's go for it. Okay, so we open with an unknown goblin walking through the forest to find Doc. Yeah, which is a little on the nose in terms of names. <laughs> I don't mind it. No, I, I, like, I like it. I really like it, but it's like, okay. Once I, I get to know him, I like it. Yeah. Echoes of Tim Curry's voice. Amazing. While he is seemingly talking to himself, mm-hmm. which I, at the time, was like, are you talking to you, Tim? <laughs> I was like, are you just practicing a rising evil speech? Yes, because you don't see him. Yeah. Because you just hear his voice. Um, But he's like looking into a fire or something. But that's when you see the glittery tabletop and then you everything is going to be good. <laughs> From there on out. So. I've just wrote in here about the costumes being fantastic. And the sound design was disgusting because when the goblin goes right up to him, you hear like this big gulp and there's this yeah. horrible kind of like sound. Gross. Sorry, listen. Like when you hear people kissing on a Yes, oh. I, when I was a child, I hated people kissing. No, I, I still hate people kissing. I think it was the end of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I do, because my mum and dad always used to, when anyone kissed on film, they'd go, oh, the film's ruined. And they would cover our eyes and everything. So all we would get was the noise. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> like, taken out of context, like that noise would just. I remember one time <laughs> I was having a sleepover with my friend, and in the middle of the night, Oh, oh yeah. Was somebody suckling something? Just sucking her thumb. Oh. But I didn't realise and I was like, what the hell is going on? Like it was it's a really unpleasant sound to hear yeah, when you don't know why you're hearing it. I think it's an unpleasant sound just to hear in general. In general. Just kind of coming out of nowhere what you say when you're watching something. Oh Makes goodness. me uneasy. 
That's really probably neat. because my parents told me that was a bad thing when I was. Yeah, a child. but my parents never told me, and I just—it's it, just not a pleasant noise. The wet smacking of lips is not good. <laughs> it's only bearable if you are one of the people doing the kissing, mm-hmm. and even then, try and keep it to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, but darkness is talking about how he wants the horn from the unicorn. He wants the unicorn to give him the horn. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sending the goblin out to get the unicorn's horn so that he can abolish light. Yes. And he can reign supreme. As long as they roam the earth, darkness can't take yeah. a hold of the world, basically. Which, of course, is it's a nice sentiment, really, mm-hmm. overall, to kind of give out to kids. You know, yeah. As long as you're good and you're nice and you love yeah. and kindness wins. Or whatever. Yeah. Which is what I like about fairy tales. It's always nice, you know, you can defeat the monster and all of that. But of course, see, this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> because there's only one lure for such creatures and such goodness, don't you know? Innocence. <laughs> <laughs> so, innocence, cue. A beautiful princess. And of course, well, she has to be beautiful because unicorns yeah. eat uggos. Yeah, of course. Can't stand them. And she's frolicking through this beautiful did yep. you write frolicking I wrote frolicking she's, that's what she's doing singing she never not singing oh, Lily yeah. oh my god yeah I have to say I really don't like Lily Lily uh, yeah. is the root of all the problems in this but that happens a lot in fairy tales I think princesses are a little bit <sighs> well they get their way a lot they're troublemakers troublemakers She's not really the root of all. Well, I'll get to it because <laughs> Jack is involved in this. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. We see the princess and the goblin is following her. Yeah. And I notice as well, the, go- the color of the goblin changes. So when the goblin is with darkness, it's all it's it's really dark, obviously, mm-hmm. listeners. And you can't actually tell what color they are. But when they're in the light, they're more of kind of a, a peachy, you know, Caucasian color. Yeah. But then it changes again later on and they're green. So at the time, I was like, oh, it wouldn't have been better if the goblin had been green. But do you think that's a light thing? Because I I can't imagine they made different. Because, I mean, again, Flix, which is the go- the main goblin, I guess. I think it's Flix, probably. Yeah, is um, one of the main characters. And so... So it must be a lighting thing. Yeah. And the harsh, Actually, harsh, big light. The um, Alice Clayton, who played Flix, also did the voice of Gump. Oh, yeah. Because they thought David Bennett, who played Gump, sounded too German. Well, I've never heard his real voice. Oh, who knows? Maybe it would have been alright. Maybe. Yeah, so then she goes and she finds her friends. Yeah, you see, hold this on. is a thing. Friends? Yeah, right. Hold on. Hold I on. wrote, rich white girl loves slumming it with the quaint Act- country folk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what did I say? The prince princess goes to a peasant's house, yep. damages things, <gasps> and eats their food. Yeah, ruins her washing that she's put on the line. Yeah. Forget about it, Princess Lily. And. She, Nell loves her, thinks she's all great and everything. Nell, what's she done for me And she has a magic premonition. She looks up at the clock, and the yes. clock's moving round, and then there's snow falls the on creepy it. creepy clock. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's creepy. It didn't need to do anything magic to it. It's yeah. already creepy. Yeah. But they do the magic stuff as a premonition to the darkness falling and the world becoming cold, so there's snow mm-hmm. on it. But why... Is she a magical creature? Is yeah, but you never see you never see any you don't know anything about Lily because even Nell references what would your father think, but that she never references her mother or anything. Yeah. You never see her palace that she's yeah. from. And she's only a princess in the European version. She's, she's a lady in she's the a lady in the But movie. I do like that. I like that we don't know. But yeah. I just I don't like that throughout the rest of the film when there's magic going on that there's there's no kind of But see what I always think is she has to have some sort of 
if it's not magic, the goodness and purity of Lily must be something special because the unicorns do accept her mm -hmm. because of her beautiful singing. It's not beautiful. It's annoying. She never stops, except for when she's whinging. <laughs> but yeah, so then she runs off to meet Jack, Forrest, Chow. Mm -hmm. I have to admit that I did have a crush on Jack. When oh I yeah, was of course. I mean, he was, yeah. he was heroic and daring and adventurous. Yeah. And He's a classic yeah. hero. And Tom Cruise, I know you are not a big fan of Tom Cruise, but... He's okay. Um, first of all, I am. I love all Tom Cruise films. Yeah. Like, I really have never seen one that I didn't like. And he is handsome. Whatever you think of his beliefs or anything else, mm. and how he behaves, he's a handsome man. I think I just... Um, there were quite a few things I did, didn't like, and I, I've gone off the Mission Impossible films, so I'm just kind of not in there. I love the sci-fi films that he's been bringing out. Mm -hmm. Edge of Tomorrow was yeah. brilliant. It it's was cool. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I loved it so Even much. Oblivion I liked as well. Yeah, Oblivion. And it's also the soundtrack was done by N83, who are a really cool band. They're a great band. Yeah. like them a lot. So this is where I am kind of like, Jack, come on, dude. Because he's like, we're going to take you somewhere special, Lily, to see something really amazing. And it's the unicorns, obviously. Which, who wouldn't want to see a unicorn? But... He's, you know, he knows that she shouldn't touch the unicorns. You know, he knows she shouldn't be going to do that. But who doesn't want to touch a unicorn? Mm -hmm. If I saw a unicorn, I spoke to you about this before, I want to touch pretty things. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. if something's aesthetically pleasing, which a beautiful white unicorn is pretty up there. Yeah. Of course she wants to run off and see them. She, you know, that's what she does, first of all. As we've seen, she does whatever she wants. Which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jack really should have said first, you know, you really can't touch these. It's a, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's an issue. Maybe there should have been a bit of light bondage in there. You know, he, he, blind, no. he blindfolded he her blindfold already. Yeah. So, he could have bound her. Uh, yeah, and she's perfectly fine with that. Yeah, she's, she's princesses. <laughs> so, she goes up the unicorns he's like oh lily no but doesn't really try to stop her in any yeah, way i think well, do you think he's because it's so forbidden that he can't he feels he can't go yeah over? He, but he's just gonna let her fuck him in. but there's yeah. time there's plenty of time because then she has to sing because the unicorns are going crazy mm -hmm. you but know, he could have got her out of there easily yeah but i i wanted to say that the goblin um starts to talk about rotting meat mm. and how you know it's really good and says like a wee ditty about rotting meat yeah and I just thought it reminded me of your poetry. <laughs> yes, well, I'm the famous for my rotten meat poetry. <laughs> she touches the unicorn. Yeah, it's a real issue. Yeah, I mean, I always find that scene to be actually. She doesn't really. Does she actually touch it? She no, kind of... she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. No, she doesn't because she... they shoot the yeah. unicorn with a dart. I always find that scene to be, um, you know, yin and yang of really, really beautiful and really, really upsetting. Mm -hmm. Because it's beautiful, your unicorn. Mm -hmm. And I've been poisoned yeah. because of your freaking stupidity. It's just that kind of human thing um, of having to get in there. Yeah. It's like, well, I need to go and well, see. Well, they want to touch things. But like I just you? told you. Uh, yes, exactly. You're the problem. I, I would be one of those people. Yes, because people want to touch things that they like. Speaking of touching things, did, well. you, did you like it when um, Jack is revealed with her that he's holding and stroking a fox? Yes, because they're my favourite woodland creature. <laughs> I would love a pet fox. Yeah, it was so and I know you can't have a pet fox, but you can if they're a rescue. You know, if if there's yes. no other option. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're gonna get your urban fox. I'm like, I am on the hunt. Your Not face was scary. Yeah. There, it was like you're gonna go out and set a trap, and it's like, oh, oh, I need to rescue you. I would love that. 
I was watching something the other day that had that was set in London and they were talking about foxes and they have like a quarter square mile territory each and they're very territorial and there's so many urban foxes in London. Oh wow. Yeah. I think oh, when I was with my brother in London that one was jumping down from his roof. Like, oh. like, we put like sausages out to try and get it to come so we could see it, but it didn't. No, oh, they're so. so pretty. They're just yeah. just great wee creatures. Yeah. Finally, they make a really horrible noise though. Just it's, in it's general, like, it's like a squeal rather oh. than a bark. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> Can't forget it. I'm gonna get a badger. <laughs> no, they carry TV. Oh. <laughs> Do you know, I, I just think Princess Lily is, is a dick. Yeah, yeah, she is. But again, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? Of bloody women. I just, things. Well, I just said typical rich kid. That's women. Yeah. Because women well, just do things that ruin the world. Of course. For I men. Mean, Eve, hello. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's connotations of that. Like, yeah, that's there really, really is. But... You know, a prince would never have done that. No, would never have, you know, got in the way of nature and such. Well, but see, a prince wouldn't have anything to do with nature. So there's that's the other, yeah, that's the other side of that because, you know, women are often portrayed in fairy tales as, you know, well, being attractive to animals. (laughs) No, but like I said earlier, you know, that thing of, you know, they want to be part of nature and they're other animals are drawn to them and that kind of thing yeah so, yeah. yeah so they, they they portray it as you know sweet and nice mm-hmm. and loving and caring and warm and gentle yeah you know, and all traits of nature but, but it's, it's not not at all no of course and you can't just go up to wild animals and expect yeah. them to be no matter how beautiful your singing is yeah no matter you you know we've tried this out well yeah well you can't sing then that's the problem <laughs> no wonder we were mauled <laughs> Yeah, because that's, but see, that's the thing of, like, Jack shouts at her for touching, or trying to touch the unicorn. He could have stopped all of it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and also he gets over it pretty quick. Oh, yeah, because she's all like, oh, Jack, flutter her eyes. No, I know you love me. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Uh, Which he does, so that works a treat. (laughs) Yeah. So then she, once they leave the unicorn, so the unicorns run off, Jack goes away, and she has to go and find him, Mm -hmm. and... Then they kind of make up. Oh wait, because when she he's like all okay with her going to the unicorn, she basically gives him a challenge, a hero's challenge to get this ring from a lake she throws it in or whatever. Yeah, thankfully it is a lake. Uh-huh. So that is our opportunity, of course, to put, put a shark. shark in it. Yeah. Uh, but see, I thought it wouldn't be just a regular shark. It would be a glittery shark oh, of course. with silver teeth. Yeah. You know, it would be magical. Yeah. You know? Like, not a shark that we have ever seen in our realm. Yeah, so that's when everything, so he jumps into the lake and that's when everything starts getting yeah, serious. That's when the goblins take the horn off the poison unicorn, which is oh, awful. But that scene is so beautiful because of all the cherry blossom. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I think that's another reason why I like cherry blossoms. It could be yeah. just because they're beautiful. They're beautiful. But, they're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he's um, sh- he's under the water, so and she's shouting after him as if, Jack, what are you doing? She's, yeah. like, she's totally confused about what's going on. Well, but don't forget, at this point, there's like, all the crazy wind and rain and snow starts coming in, so she is going jack because she's getting scared because what's happening? Yeah, I know, but I still find her really, 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 you really annoying. And don't hate women. I just find her <laughs> particularly annoying yeah, because he jumps in the water 
She's screaming and all this. You go on down to get your ring. We'll be up in a minute, all right? Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. Like, just and give then, him your ring. Yeah, and then, that is the law. And then it ice <laughs> is over, and he's actually yeah. in peril. Trapped. Right. But she leaves. She just leaves him there. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't, and also she doesn't think of climbing down or anything to, to yeah. get him help. Yeah, she just <laughs> runs away, leaves him there to die. Yeah. So she's an awful, awful girlfriend. Yeah, she is, but I don't even know that she's really a proper girlfriend because she, I, you know. Well, do you know what? Even if she's not his girlfriend, she's an awful person. She's an awful friend, to say the least. Uh, yeah, so then all the snow and ice, everything turns to winter. And it's so beautiful because it's so sparkly. <laughs> it's the sparkliest snow mm-hmm. ever. Uh, so yeah, Lily's gone off and she's gone to Nell's cottage and the goblins um, turn up in there. And that's when she knows, she overhears them talking. Yeah, she figures out that she actually had a role to play in this, a very significant role. So mm-hmm. she's consumed with guilt and pledges mm-hmm. to make it right. Yeah. And the, Which, she's starting to make up for her horror. Well, she knows, she's, at least she realises that when she's done something wrong. She doesn't want the unicorn to be dead or yeah. anything. Uh, and then, of course, then we also realise that the horn, the unicorn's yeah. horn, Contains magical yeah. properties, so they're kind of using it like a wand, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool in itself. But but still, still makes you think of a unicorn. It's not worth killing a unicorn for. No, nope. I don't think anything would be. No, well, in Harry Potter, of course, if you kill a unicorn and drink its blood, it'll give you sort of, it'll stop you from dying. Oh, it'll be a horrible half death Ooh. or half life, I should say. It's not like a zombie. Well, more like you just aren't fully. Corporeal, maybe kind of, oh, you know, okay. because well, we're not getting into Harry Potter some other time, perhaps. But <laughs> so, so thing. Jack is alive. Yes. You know, little does Lily know. Yeah, she doesn't care. No, she doesn't give a shit. She cares about a unicorn, and he's curled up in the snow beside a fire. Mm-hmm. Which he did? He build this because all we saw was him leaping out of the water, breaking through the ice. I guess he goes. I mean, he's a forest child. Yeah, so he, he would have to make a fire. He's soaking wet, and yeah. cold. And- and then a little firefly flies up, but it's not a firefly. It's Una, who is, I don't know if she's a fairy or a sprite or whatever she is. He, she's a fairy. Yeah. Is the reference her later. Yeah. And that's when we meet Gump and all of his pals, Screwball and Brown Tom, etc. I have to say that Gump, that Gump is, an, uh, what was the actor's name again? David Bennett. An incredible child actor. Yeah. Really, really so amazing. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think that he was a kid and just give no. everything to it. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Uh, I don't actually uh, remiss because I didn't look it up, but I don't know what else. If he's ever I been know, anything I, else. He's very distinctive looking. I feel like I would recognise him if he'd been in a lot of things. I did look him up and I didn't see anything I recognised. Yeah. That doesn't mean to say that there's No, of course. Anything. Yeah, yeah. They come to Jack kind of to question what's happened. Do you know what's happened? Yeah, but they do it in a very kind of, you know, we know something yes. happened and we know you were involved yes. in it, but we're going to let you Hasn't tell anything us. strange happened lately, mm-hmm. Jack? And then Gump gets furious. <gasps> he's well raging. Yeah. He's just, I mean, he's not happy. Of course, they're like, well, you're going to have to make this right. Mm-hmm. So let's go and find Unicorn. I have to uh, have a wee note here that all of a sudden when Gump is angry, there are bubbles appear everywhere. I wrote in capital letters, bubbles, could it get any better? <laughs> I know, glitter and bubbles. But the thing is, that obviously came from emotions. It came from yes. Gump's emotions. So what other yes, things... It happens later as well. Yeah, oh. so what other things come from his emotions? So that, if bubbles happen when he's mad... Which is great, I'd be trying to make him angry all the time. <laughs> what else can he do? I wonder what happens. Maybe rainbows? 
Yeah. Long ago. It's endless. The possibilities are endless. Why does he give him a riddle to see if he's um? He says that he'll forgive him if he can oh, answer. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's why he's raging. He's so angry when Jack gets it right. <laughs> oh god! What was he gonna do? More Will bubbles be. in your face. <laughs> I'm gonna bubble you up. Uh, at this point, also let me say capital letters I have written. Actual silver flake sparkles. Yay. Oh, yeah. There's just, like, silver confetti now. It's just things are getting intense. It's hard. And that could be an emotion thing then as well. Yeah. It's oh, hard to imagine Ridley Scott going, more glitter. Yeah, throw some Get glitter. Get confetti in there. But then somebody must have, yeah. it must have been someone's job, glitter wrangler or something. Oh, yeah. Have to oh, check the credits. That is a job I would like. That's a job you're born for. Uh, it really is. Of course. The one dwarf that has alcohol is Irish. is Irish. I wrote the exact same thing because, so what happens is they go to find the female unicorn that's still alive. They find her and everything. And who do they leave to protect the female unicorn while they go off on their quest? The drunken Irishman? Yeah, Brian Tom. Yeah, which I don't know if it's because he wears a lot of brown or is it brownie. I didn't know what they were because I didn't know if they were dwarves or. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit reluctant to use um the term dwarf just in case. Yeah, but I think that not. might be. But, but I see. I don't know if they're all the same creature. Yeah, they because Gump is an elf, mm. so I don't know. But yeah, so but, yeah. they leave Brown Tom, the drunken Irish. So they leave the most incompetent, completely. One. What was he going to do anyway? Even if he wasn't a drunk. Which he seems to be. What was he going to do if anyone came for that unicorn? I don't see the point in them anyway. There's no. him and there's Scribble. Yeah. And they go on this quest. And they don't really do anything. They don't do anything. Barely... At the end, a little bit. Well, yeah. Bar- but barely. But yeah. I mean, they're just, they're barely even comic relief. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, no, they're not. Well, at least one of them's Irish and that's always good for a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> one of them is Irish and drinks a lot. So Una takes Jack to find some very shiny sparkly armor which is very short yeah but they also before they take him to get the armor it's like gump says we need a champion and he looks at jack and goes you'll do yeah what well maybe because they sense that jack is pure of heart i mean that's a big thing in this not only is he pure of heart but he what happened was because of love he you know all of this has gone wrong because he loved Lily and he took Lily to see the unicorns and everything. So he, there's no bad intentions within him. So mm-hmm. they see him as heroic, perhaps. Yeah. Or a possibility of being a hero. But it's a good thing that Jack doesn't actually come up against a real warrior. Because, yeah, because he's not you know, skilled I mean, if he came up against Mad Mardigan or yeah. Xena. But I mean, or... they're even even so, they're sending him in against the biggest, the baddest <laughs> demon in their world. We've got a lot of faith in you, kid. <laughs> got a very short skirt off. <laughs> um, so, but the Una shows him that she can actually become a regular sized. Yes, and that's a secret. Because mm-hmm. she likes it. She fancies the pants off. Well, he hasn't got any pants. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> she fancies them anyway. We cut to the goblins and they're all talking about the power, the power of the unicorn horn and everything. And then darkness appears. Mm-hmm. And Blix calls him Big D. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit... First of all, I thought it was a little out of place because it was kind of not of that sort of fairy tale. Yeah. There's no other kind of modernisms in it. But I thought it was funny anyway because Big D. So. Yeah. I wonder why they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And Blunder tries to stand up to darkness. Oh, yeah. And then he gets carried away to we don't know where. Mm-hmm. 
because as if, you know, Blunder's only a little tiny creature, he's not gonna really Yeah. I mean God will pick your fights. Yeah, exactly. And then Lily finds Unicorn. <laughs> Unicorn's not the character's name. Um, the Unicorn and Brown Tom and she's crying and that's where I think you can really see the dubbing yeah. comes into play because she's crying and everything, but you don't really feel that she's realistically no. crying. Yeah, because she's had to re-record that. Yeah, it's a bit sad because that would have been a really great scene, mm-hmm. you know, to be consumed with guilt. Yeah. Because the unicorn is there, I think it's been lying there, um, being slowly covered by snow. Yeah. And the mare it's is there. Sad. And she's really angry. Yeah. Um. So Lily kind of has to beg for forgiveness. Yeah, she begs for forgiveness. And I guess the unicorn knows that the unicorn consents purity I guess and innocence and that her intentions were not different sense virginity <laughs> basically <laughs> um, but the goblins come and again the, Lily and Brown Tom are not a they're not equipped they're not to deal with this situation yeah then we then cut to Jack and everyone finding Brown Tom lying on the ground who seemingly looks dead seems dead because he's got an arrow through his, through um, his hat. hat which looks like it's through his head <laughs> yeah but it's just through his bottle of elderberry wine. Mm-hmm. So Which of course he devastated her. Well, he's gonna get the DTs. <laughs> and then they go off to start their quest to find the unicorn, save Lily and all of that. One thing about Lily is right, it hasn't been that much time since it happened. Mm-hmm. She it looks like she's been in the wars. Yeah, what's happened to her? <laughs> since well, she's just been trudging through all that snow. Wasn't it? There's, there's a saying, uh, she looks like she's been dragged through a hedge backwards. Yeah, she's been dragged through the snow backwards. Because the snow's really high, because Blix, although Blix is short, he's a goblin, so he's kind of short, but he's tallish compared to the other magical creatures, and it's right up to his shoulders, so it's very serious. But yeah, so then they go to the great tree where the people used to, evil people used to sacrifice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that, and that's when you meet Meg Mucklebones. Mm. Terrifying. It reminds me of a scary scene in Neverending Story, which I don't find, I don't remember it very clearly, but both of them really feel the same to me. It's almost like I watched them so close together. The the scene with the swamp where the horse died. That scene. Casually. I hate that scene. It's so devastating, which it's supposed to be, of course, because then I'm left all alone. But um, it's just and Colin and a train. No, I know it's so sad. But yeah, like Meg Mucklebones, luckily, Jack flatters her a little bit, just in time, just to save himself some time, and he chops her head off. But you know what? I'm really disappointed in Meg, because is that all it takes? Yeah, and well, women again, which is not exactly a woman, but she's female. Yeah. But that it paints us in a very bad light. It does, but they that yeah, that's another thing that um happens a lot in films and fairy tales. That sort of flattery, flattery will get you everywhere. Mm-hmm. But but most but the, I know it paints women in a bad light. But most people, male or female, will respond to flattery. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're that's the same for their, a reason. Yeah, just feeding their ego. But it just you know because she's a big she's a badass. Yeah, clearly she eats yeah anything swamp monster thing. Yeah, and I just all I want to do is feed him. I know, and I would have been cool to maybe see a little bit more of her and her lair and whatever Mm -hmm. else. She could have injured him in some way. But then it would have been a really long film. (laughs) I mean, it's around two hours, but yeah, I know. But but it's the it's kind of one of the only dangers 
they come across on their way on to, their way to yeah. you know it's not really a much of a saga this film the, the story in and of itself is very simple but then fairy tales were pretty short and, and sweet usually jack and the, the gang end up in kind of the I don't know, they fall down something, or but anyway, they end up in a sort of dungeon oh, yeah. cell. I had to note that when they're falling down, they they go down like a really rocky, uneven slide mm-hmm. almost. Well, imagine the cuts and things that you would get from that. Yeah. I mean, it was bad enough being in Indiana Land without having your shades. <laughs> yeah, I know. My sister got really badly, uh, not badly injured, she didn't break anything, but really bad friction burn on her back yeah. from the free fall. So imagine like an actual sharp edge. Yeah, but that doesn't happen in fairy stories, clearly. <laughs> you know what? When they get down, Screwball, who is the white-haired creature, mm-hmm. he just he he's such an arse. You know, he's wanting to create noise, and you yeah. know, he wants to blow a trumpet. Yeah, people. It's that thing of oh, look at these bumbling fools. Aren't they funny? Mm-hmm. But then saying that, it makes me think a wee bit of. You know in Willow, there's those two wee brownies. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're a wee bit like that, but they are actually kind of funny. They're not quite mm-hmm. as annoying as these pair. He reminded me of Pippin in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they were, you know, in the At mind. least they have redeeming, like, they kind of redeem Yeah, he does redeem himself. Where Screwball kind of has a wee bit of... He, and he does kind of help at the, the end. The one act of bravery. Yeah, no, And he, he screws it up. He does. <laughs> he falls asleep one and eight. Then we meet Blunder, and he reveals himself to be... A good guy, well, a formerly good guy. I don't mm. really know. He went looking for adventure. Yeah, and he just he kind of got didn't. caught up in it. You know, the yeah. terrible story of and doing bad things. Yeah, I always wondered: did Duplex and Pox, which is the other goblin, do they know that looks like a pig? By the way, um, do they know that he's not a goblin? Because he always wears that helmet. Mm-hmm. So maybe they don't. They're in the dungeon at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, the slide has taken them into the dungeon, and I had to mention that when the dungeon master is coming to mm-hmm. get them or to get one of them and they're all trying to hide and the music and him approaching it's cut together so well and the music just makes it terrifying it's very scary oh because they're going to get eaten like yeah. blonder tells them you know you're going to get eaten he even gets put in a pie mm-hmm. classic so i thought it was a wedding pie because there oh, are birds yes. in it yeah and because there's going to possibly be a wedding spoiler alert uh-oh yeah, so then Jack hmm, gives away Una's secret. Oh, yeah, because Una obviously is the one that can help right now. Yes. Because she can go out of the bars of yep. the cell, get keys and all this. Mm-hmm. But the other guys don't know that she can become big, so mm-hmm. it's this massive thing. She becomes big again and yeah. shouts at him. But there's not really any consequences to her not having told Gump yeah. and everyone that she can be big. I know. I mean, wait, what's the big deal? Is it just because you need to do stuff? Oh, well, that would be in the way. You're right, fair yeah, enough. You're on her side now. Yeah, yeah, but then she says, I'll do it if you kiss me, Jack. Oh, for goodness sake. And there's this little mini drama about her fancying him and wanting a kiss. Yes. And then she morphs herself into Lily and he kind of moves in for the kill. But then he doesn't like, fall for it. But like, but initially, why did you even fall for it for a second? Yeah, you saw it happen in front yeah, of your you eyes. You literally saw her morph. But I think it's more that a fairy glamour isn't just oh, now it looks like it has more power than that. But he doesn't go for it, and she is incensed. Yeah, it's like, she says to him, what care I for human hearts, soft and spiritless as porridge? A fairy's heart beats fierce and free. But she was interested in his human something or other, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, there was something going on there. Some other yeah. organ she was after, not do so you, soft. Do you think he should have just kissed her? 
Because Gump's really annoyed that he didn't kiss her. I know, he's like, oh, for goodness sake. You know, just kiss her. Well, but we don't need your good intentions. He though. does kiss her, he gives her a wee peck, but she's not, it's not enough. Yes, it wasn't a good enough kiss. So he maybe should have just smacked one on her and just, yeah. Right, okay, let's go. But here. then, I guess it's sort of saying he's a good guy. That he's a good guy and he only has eyes and lips for Lily. <laughs> There's an alternative version where, you know, he's like, like, all right, then. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she goes and gets them. She helps them out anyway, but she's still furious. Yeah, because she lets everybody else out, and then she kind of stops him, tells him off, closes the yeah the door over. She locks it. Closes the door. Closes the door. Your women stropping about eating fairy women. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're a terrible bunch in this film. <laughs> yeah, so then they get to the point where they decide to divide and conquer. Oh. This is hilarious to me because I don't know it's the same thing you're going to find hilarious because yeah, they divide and conquer but Jack goes off with Gump so <laughs> Screwball and Brown Tom I don't know what the hell I they know, think like, they're going we'll to just leave you to your death yeah and Una goes off by herself but so Gump has this little weird sphere yeah time teller it's like, like an hourglass I guess meant to be like a version of an hourglass right? but it's like Gump Stop bringing in a lower boy. It's not going to happen. It's not helpful. Plus, this, I wrote, I researched this, Lynn, because I thought, no, that doesn't sound right. Because Gump says, we'll meet back here in twice 500 beats of a blue bird's heart. And I thought, I know that bird's hearts beat damn fast. Yeah, yeah. And I looked it up. I couldn't find a blue bird, but I found a house sparrow, which is approximately around the same size. Okay. And their heart beats at 460 BPM approximately so that's like two minutes he's like let's meet back here in two minutes so while they're off you know doing their stuff yeah. the, the other guys have gone back to meet them yeah and he's like well where the hell are they yeah you know but unless the bluebirds in that world have very slow hearts perhaps so then we see lily again yes um so it's the classic corruption of a lovely girl yes well because darkness feels drawn to her because she's all pure and shit. So he is kind of talking to someone he calls father and they hear yeah. their voice, but you never see them or whatever. But, and she says, he says, oh, you have to woo her. Yeah, but Darkness initially just wants to take her. Yeah. So he wants to rape her, but yeah. his father's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Be nice. But to be fair, he is, he is the devil or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know why he bothers with all the wooing. Although kind of maybe it's more satisfying to win someone mm. round to the yeah, dark side. Yeah. The dark side. Because he wants to subvert her innocence. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. We just hear him talking about her. Yeah, but then she's running around what is seemingly Darkness's castle. Yeah, it's like um, a big... In a big hall and all. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of exploring, seeing what's there. Yeah. And then she finds a fire. So she's obviously yeah. cold. So she yeah. goes to the fire. And then behind her, there's a plate of silver. And I just thought, oh. typical princess. Typical yeah. rich kid. You're going well, for the shiny thing. I you, wrote, you sh- I wrote you shiny would, things. You would have pushed her out of the way. I would have been. I would have been down in the darkness. <laughs> big D. <laughs> in a heartbeat. And I'm like, okay. Because yeah. she, you know, well, it is beautiful. All the stuff's also shiny <laughs> and sparkly. And there's a big diamond necklace. And I'm like, oh, it is good. I, I, all I could think when I saw that necklace, sparkly, of course, mm-hmm. and that's brilliant. But that must have been really heavy. Oh, yeah. Screw that. But I guess the thing about that is Lily is a princess, so I don't know why her head is turned so easily. This must be something she comes from, and then she has kind of rejected that to some extent mm-hmm. in her life because she's after the life yeah. in the forest and all of that. Well, see, I kind of thought, but, I mean, maybe this isn't in keeping with her character because of the life of the forest, but because she's in rags, 
and really cold and yeah then she sees this nice stuff yeah so it's more what she's used to more what she's that's true to, so she's drawn to it mm-hmm. you know yeah and also and um, it is pretty a really big sparkling eye. well it's gorgeous exactly but then she sees a faceless dancer mm-hmm. who's in an amazing costume i know i always even as a kid loved that costume I so much was so drawn to her she starts dancing with the dancer and they're twirling round and spinning round. It's really great the way they do it as well because for a time they're not in sync and it really is that Lily is being thrown around. Yes. And then it becomes a courtship in there Mm -hmm. to some extent because she's yeah being seduced by And she wills it to come to her in the end because it's kind of dancing towards her and um, yeah she wills it to Yes. And I love as well that it's covered in a mask. That's very sequined. That's so sparkly. sparkly. Yeah, it's amazing. Spinning round, spinning round. Reveal. This has a huge collar. Yeah. Reveal. It's Lily. It's dark Lily. Lily. No. And she's wearing black lipstick and, you know, black Yeah, she has, like, weird kind of spaghetti hair. Yeah, it's that really shiny, eerie kind like, of tight, curl tight. hair. Yeah. Um, but has, I think it looks amazing. It does, yeah. It's all very in keeping. And she has um, a bejeweled bit here on yeah, her, like a little on her clavicle. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. I always thought... How did they glue that on? What well, I don't think it is glued because I think it's on a very fine... Because you can buy those, they're called a floating... Oh yeah, whatever. but this one, I really looked. Well, I didn't see it, but you, well, you can I confirm that. Who knows? <laughs> That's phone Ridley. Here. <laughs> um, but yeah, because yeah. I think Dark Lily is so amazing. And even as a child, I was really drawn to that look. Yeah, and that really low cut. And it's yeah, it's fantastic. Like, and you know, she doesn't really have kind of heaving bosoms, no. which really works for that. Yeah, they're going to show, expose a lot of chest. It kind of works. Is that really uh, high fashion look? Isn't well, it? Part of it, I think it's, although there is a lot of flesh, um, it's not really that sexual in a way. No, it, it, it's strange, sort of powerful because she's like finding, to me, that thing of like finding your dark side or whatever, it's kind of like, oh, Lily's growing Hold up. Hold on, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lily's growing up. That thing that darkness then talks about of the sin yeah. of your deed, yeah, like is going through your body and everything. It's, it's very suggestive. All of that is incredibly yeah, suggestive. Yeah, because I mean, all this purity stuff, it all makes you yeah. think of her virginity. And then when she, you know, dons the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the dark side mm-hmm. and talking the darkness and yeah. all of that, it just makes and think of yeah. Big D. Big D. <laughs> that's why and that's. We think of Big D. Idea. But it also it makes you think of big makes me think of big day. But um, but also that's when Lily, whenever Lily has donned that costume and everything, she's not as scared. She has an amazing costume. Oh, I wrote that it's such an amazing cosplay. I actually have seen. There's a model who won the very first series, the American Next Top Model, Adrian, Adrian something. She dressed as Dark Lily at a Comic Con once. She's not as scared of darkness then. Mm-hmm. You know, she is scared by him. Because that's when you see him come through the mirror. Yes, so she's looking in the mirror. She sees herself. Mm-hmm. That's when we have that wonderful shot of the shadow on her face. Mm-hmm. And when she's looking at herself, darkness comes through the mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I have to say about that is I really wish that he hadn't come through with his mouth. Because it's kind of his head back and he comes oh, through. Oh, his chin and mouth come yeah, through. And yeah, and it's like this really weird smile. His horn should come through. His horn should have come through yeah. first. That's what I wrote. Because... Myself. Yeah, because it's more, you know, intimidating because yeah. I, I mean, he has, you know, what do you call it? Um, the feet. Cloven hooves. He's got cloven hooves. So, mm-hmm. the you know, you would see the cloven hooves and you would see the horns and you go, what the hell? What's coming through? Is it a bull or whatever? Yeah. yeah, well, again, though, the thing about the horns is 
it's all very suggestive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's but that would have been really good as well there mm-hmm. because of the the sexy side of yeah. it. You know, to come through, it would be exactly would be like an erection coming through. Yes, it would have been, which is a terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> Frankly, well, two of them, actually. two on his head. My Whoa, God, hey now. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh, that's put me off, <laughs> or has it? <laughs> <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. I'm like what? <laughs> But yeah, because he's um obviously an animalistic yeah. um person, creature, whatever you want to call him, and that's a side that obviously Lily has never explored. Yeah. And he it's that thing of balance that even gets referred to later. He's drawn to her goodness and kindness and purity and her being slightly seduced to some extent by the dark side of her nature yeah. <laughs> is, you know, it's about that thing of duality yeah. and how important balance is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because uh, even that thing of, you know, eternal winter, we well, can't have eternal winter, but nor could you have eternal spring. You know, all of that stuff is about you need a balance. You even mm-hmm. said it yourself. It's a yin and yang, yeah. you know, and it's, wonderful lessons that are dotted around and hidden in a lot of family mm-hmm. children orientated yeah. films. I think in fairy tales especially, in fairy tales started as moral tales. Mm-hmm. And okay, maybe our morality changes to some extent with that. And and I know a lot of people are like, oh well, fairy tales are just women needing to be saved and all of that, which it which does happen, but there's also women do find their power in a lot of fairy tales and do have their own agency and I think fairy tales are good because they teach you that okay you can defeat the bad side of things like the monster or that can all be dealt with and yeah you know so I mean I I do I love action films um I love kind of strength and um, Mm -hmm. strength honor and fighting but I do also love when a story can show someone that is sweet and nice and innocent being the hero. Yeah. That's really important. Because there's, there's, to me, there is a strength, a real strength in softness mm-hmm. and goodness yeah. and kindness. Which we don't, it's never in the forefront. I, I think it's coming more into the forefront now mm-hmm. into what, um, you know, films and TV shows show us. Mm-hmm. But uh, it never was, especially when growing up. It was, no, always, it was always considered to be a silly thing. Yeah, and in the 80s, that that whole thing of action films in the 80s, although amazing, yeah. um, are, are just very like, well, let's just kick ass. Yeah. Ask I mean, questions later, you know? Yeah, the 80s was a time when people, like, the men were inflated. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of yeah. changed the, the platform. Yeah, but he's the biggest action hero. Literally. <laughs> he is quite literally the biggest action hero of all time. <laughs> so what's happening with our pals while all this madness is going on with Lily? Is this when they go and they're in the kitchen and they get the guy out of the pie? They have to fight. Yes, I that's remember right. finding it particularly disgusting because the chefs are lying sleeping mm-hmm. and their mouths are like covered in food and they're breathing and kind of it's all gross yeah it's really horrible and even you see in the background like some guy on a table being like oh yeah that, that's not going to torture killed whatever well you know that, i think that's it's, what they do yeah it's good to have that in there for yeah. the, the dark side exactly thing. it's too dark for the u.s 
darkness this time has told Lily that he plans to marry her, that she's his true mate and all of that. I have written here though why darkness? Why, I know, what were well, you thinking? Like, like you, you don't know her. Yeah. And this is as bad as any, you know, yeah. for Disney princess falling in love with a guy she just met. You've barely spoken to her. You don't you don't know what she's into. Okay. You've barely spoken to her and she has not um succumbed to your She's not acquiesced to your request in any way. So maybe he just likes a little bit of resistance. I think he which does, is because he's a bad man. Well, he's not even a man, just a bad... Bad goat, um... Bill demon thing. thing. Yeah. Darkness, you idiot. Because there he is, mouthing off to Lily about... Following his horn. He's totally giving the game away. Giving it all away up front, because he talks about how sunlight will destroy him. It's the only mm-hmm. thing that can destroy him. And meanwhile, Jack, Gump and Una mm-hmm. are listening at the door. Mm-hmm. And at this stage, Jack wants to go in and save her. Yeah. But um, Gump stops him and goes, just be thankful that she's alive. You yeah. Know, we've, we've got other stuff we need to do. Yeah. So Jack formulates a plan. Dun, 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 dun. Because he knows that, of course, we can reflect sunlight. And... Made me think of the mummy. Yeah, made me think of that as well. Because I guess that must have been a thing that people actually... Yeah, did yeah, definitely. I've seen documentaries where they've done that in the ancient civilization. Yeah, they take polished metal. Um, and I thought to myself, well, if you're looking for shiny objects, this is the world. <laughs> this is the world for it. You know, yeah, you're bound yeah, to find sure. a few. So they go to where the guards were in like the kitchen mm-hmm. kind of area. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for platters, silver platters, and such. Mm-hmm. And they they fight and. Jack ultimately ends up putting out the furnace fire yeah. and the steam kind of just kills everybody and sorts everything out. That's all it takes. <laughs> Only steam can destroy me. But none of the goodies get... No, they're all fine. Yeah, they manage it. Inevitably. Jack, Jack, who, you know, is wearing very little, you know, is not bothered by the steam. Yeah, exactly. They're going about their plan after their fight and all of that. And Jack's a hero for helping. Woo! Woo! Um... And darkness is like laying it on thick for yeah. Lily. Did you notice how big the glass of wine is? No, I didn't Lily? know how that sentence was going. <laughs> she has a glass of wine in front of her, and it is the size of her chest. I would have had that down me if I had to sit there <laughs> talking to Big D. I would have been like, I am having a drink right now. <laughs> yeah, because she's at first kind of all pretend, kind of pretending she's going along with it a bit, and then laughs at him and screams no she's not having it and he's talking about how he's going to give her his love <laughs> which <laughs> no, he doesn't say it in that creepy way that i do well he is creepy but in a different yeah, way yeah. more scary than creepy um doesn't you, it, you were scary i'm creepy well <laughs> i'm going to give you my love oh, wow. so then she's all uppity being all like <laughs> but she's all uppity no because she's been captured the uppity woman very quickly where she's having none of it and then she's actually yeah, like, she concocts a plan well yeah but big d don't know that yeah. <laughs> so she kind of she switches on she goes well i'm gonna play along with this yeah but he keeps telling her sit down do you remember this yeah sit down and she gets close to the chair mm-hmm. and the chair like where her bum would be mm-hmm. starts to like rise and pulsate oh dear lord I didn't did you notice that i wonder if it was in oh my cup I, my maybe special cup in your mind but i like stuff i Part of the chair starts to move and everything. It was that's all, cool. I was, can't believe I didn't notice that. It was really cool, but it was also scary, simulating like rape in a oh. way. You know, if she sits down, well, rape or sex, and you know, 
Yeah. Or two different things, by the yeah. way, people. Or if she sat down, it would envelop her. Yeah, envelop her, like, just hold her there. I don't know. Rather than penetrate what, her. <laughs> well, why would it be coming up on on that To bit? meet her. Well, it depends how it came up. Did it come up in a point? What happened? Like, in what sense? It came up like, like, I have to look at this. It I came remember. up, like, um, bubbly. It's, yeah. like, bubbly, but still. But I think it was more, I mean, I don't know, but I think maybe it was more to be that this thing's alive and it will hold you, it will keep you, that, which is why he was yeah. insistent on her sitting what? down. Yeah. But she doesn't sit down anyway. No, she says no. She knows his business. Yeah, she saw that chair bubbling and went, <laughs> she thought, flip me. Those aren't the bubbles I liked from earlier. <laughs> Where's Gump when you need him? That is not the kind of emotional bubble. I wonder what that, um, in a particular situation with Gump, I wonder what would uh, materialise around you. Maybe that's why there's the whole bar is just covered in butter. <laughs> Don't think we need to really look into it too much. Yeah, she's she's like, well, I hear a throat begging to be cut. And she says that she wants to be the one yeah, she, to kill the unicorn as her wedding gift. She goes full dark side. It's amazing. Mm. But also not true. Mm. <laughs> Spoiler. Um... He actually says a line there that I, I wrote down because I thought it was brilliant. He said, the dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. I thought it was really cool. Does he mean there that the dreams that you don't follow through on? I think because it, a dream is something to me that has never been really fulfilled. It's probably that, you know, generally what we dream when we're young, we don't achieve. Mm-hmm. So we'll always regret. So let's kill a unicorn. So let's kill a unicorn. That's, that's all I need. Really. My dream when I'm A cryptic young. message. <laughs> yeah. And a bubbling chair. And I'm up for killing a oh, massive wow. glass of wine, like the yeah. size of my chest or bigger. That could have been real hypno. It could have. Oh my god. Just that's gets the, worse. That's the worst thing. It's the worst thing about this film. <laughs> the, the secret of hypno storyline. <laughs> like uh, Grange Hill. Do you know when, he, when he's talking about, you know, pledging his love and mm-hmm. you wanting to love her, I really do feel sorry for him. So do I, because it seems incredibly sincere. But then but Tim, why? Tim what Curry is, he so... is fantastic. Yeah, and I think he could pull it off. Here's the thing: Do you think, had she gone along with it truly and been, you know, seduced by all of that and succumbed to that, to say it, the dark side? Had she succumbed to that, do you think he would have been happy then, in in the way that a demon is happy, or would he just have used her and gotten bored? I think that it, it would have descended into a terrible, you know, 1980s sitcom where <laughs> he's, he's wanting to do all these evil things yeah. she, you know, just wants And she's nagging him at home. She just wants to talk to the animals. Yeah. And she walks in and he's killed something and he's eating it. She's like, honey. Oh, big D. You know, and yeah. then the studio audience laughs. He's polishing you. his horn. Yeah. I think it, <laughs> I think ultimately it never would have worked between no. those two. I think you're They're probably two different. Right. I don't, Sometimes differences complement each other, but I don't think one side wanted to do mass killings <laughs> yeah. and the other one not. Well, maybe he didn't want to do mass killings, he just wanted to kill the unicorns. And that's it. You're so on his side. I'm, I love him. I'm in love with him. I'm wearing the costume now. <laughs> Jack and the gang are putting the shiny platters and his shield, possibly, I think might be one of them, yeah. in place. And Screwball has to go climb up the shaft or whatever. And it's meant to be his redeeming moment where he's like, yes, I'm going yes, to go because he's this. the only one that'll fit. Oh, this is the thing, because then you see them setting up for the killing of the unicorn. And it always makes me feel bad because 
hate the sound of horses. Yeah. Um, in terror or in actually, pain. That horse is actually distressed. I mean, I don't yeah. know what it's because okay. it's But I wonder, is it distressed in the sense of it's distressed because it's on a scary kind of set side mm-hmm. of a fire? I mean, I'm sure they didn't hurt any animals. They did glue a horn to them. <laughs> but, um, or stapled it. No. I always remember when I was a kid, in westerns and things, when the horse would die or something, I'd be, I would oh, be crying yeah. and feel really bad. Lily is all set to kill the unicorn by all appearances, and Jack is going to possibly shoot her with a bow and arrow because he oh, thinks. Yeah, so they're they're watching it, and um, Gump originally says, "Trust, don't trust your eyes, trust your heart." Yeah, but then he totally flips. Seconds, but like milliseconds later, he's like, yeah. Lily hasn't really done anything more than she had already done." Yeah, you know, and. Were she likely to actually kill the unicorn? Jack is kind of, no, I, I'll do it, I'll kill her, I'll kill her. But he's just hesitating for ages. Mm-hmm. She could have easily killed the unicorn in yeah, that yeah. time is all I'm saying. I think that, you know, Tension, when though. I think of Gump, you know, reacting, obviously I'm really happy that, I, I think that someone that sees a situation go south and can go with it, Yes, that, that's very valuable. But in that moment, I just heard, you know, the line from Jurassic Park, Kill her! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're right actually about that. That is important. Yeah. To to go, okay, no, yeah, no we working. need to take but the, action. It was instantaneous. Oh, yeah. I didn't really care. But he doesn't love her. So she, instead, of course, shocker, <gasps> doesn't kill the unicorn. She breaks its chains. So she, and she shouts, you're free, run, run. Darkness is raging. Oh, it's furious. Jack swings in. Because darkness hits her. <gasps> And like knocks her flying, yeah. and he shouts darkness, and like zip lines in. Yeah. Now when he zip lines, <laughs> zip lines, he zip lines in. When he zip lines in, mm-hmm. well, actually, I'm trying to remember what he actually zip lined on because there was a clear shot, like clear view of the thing with no chains or anything. Probably not there. So when he zip lines in, I just kept thinking to myself, why is darkness not bracing himself and putting his horns forward? Yeah. Exactly, because darkness is massive. Have we not mentioned? I don't know, but like he is. That's why he's called Big D. I mean, he's big guy. Uh, it's not a guy. Again, he's the devil or whatever. Um, yeah, he's really massive and could easily take down Jack. Because let's not forget that Tom Cruise is somewhat diminutive. He's quite small and is not skilled with a blade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I had those horns, I would be impaling people all the yeah. time. He does charge at Jack. Yeah, but then he, he charges and kind of pins him because yeah, yeah. he wants to talk to him yeah, and intimidate yeah. him. What an idiot. He should just kill that unicorn the second it got through the yeah. door as well, by the way. He he deserved what happened to him. Yeah, he kind of did. And what happened to him was... Well, Jack sees the unicorn horn. It looks like it's going to fall into what looks like lava, but really appears to be water. It actually does fall. Yeah, it falls into it fully. And he sticks his hand, his hand into it, it and it's completely fine, which is... Which is, it looks like water, but I think it is meant to be like lava. Yeah. Um, but I guess I always think like the unicorn's magic and his goodness mm. and heroism has protected him, you see. Well, do you know... Because his hand isn't melted off. You could, uh, you could uh, understand that when he actually has his hand on the unicorn, but that would have took kind of a... Yeah, but it's just magic, Lynn. You have to yeah. accept it. Yeah. Darkness is there and Jack just gives him the horn. He stabs him up proper. <laughs> like, horn he does in what? stomach. Darkness should have done to him. Well, with exactly. two big horns. Yeah, and wanted to do to Lily. Mm-hmm. So, with his horns and his chest. Meanwhile, yeah. Screwball has climbed the shaft and then fallen asleep because of the exertion of climbing with the big platter and not set it up to reflect the sunlight. But by the way, as we've said before, the only thing that can actually destroy darkness 
So she flies up and she fixes it whilst all this other craziness is going on. And hooray! And she tries to wake him for ages. And I yeah, was just like, waste of time. time. Just forget it. It doesn't matter. And she was like trying to lift it. And she's like, oh, I can't lift it. And she's I was, like, I was just like, use your legs. She's a, and she's magic. Like, yeah. she's magical. So use what your if, legs and your wings. Come on. Do something. But, but she, anyway, she but does. But she does do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we shouldn't be too hard on her, even though she's crazy. Yeah, mental. Well, she's just in love with Tom Cruise. Most people. Drives people crazy. Yeah. They do strange things like joining Scientology. Well, you know all about that. Scientology? No, joining it. Well, both. I'm going to be audited tomorrow. <laughs> Being in love with Tom Cruise. Yeah. So when the, the light comes yeah. flooding down, uh-huh. all of a sudden, did they have a space door down Yeah, there? this is what I was like, another dimension? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, which is cool. Happened, which is really cool. But in the... There's like I, a space void. Yeah, when I, I read in the notes, they say a cliff. It's no, like, no. That's not a cliff. That's like some weird space... Yeah, they've opened, thing. opened an airlock. That's, yeah. that's what's happened. So completely. But then that's when um, darkness is saying that, you know, what is light without dark and I'm part of you all um, and you can never defeat him. We are brothers eternal. Mm-hmm. Because again, he's saying, look, you can't get rid of evil. You can't get rid of darkness because where there's light, there will be dark and where there's dark, there will be light. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have both as a balance. Jack just killed me. Off you go into space or wherever. He doesn't care about that. Um, and that's all great. Gang celebrating. What? What about Lily? She's lying there, looking fabulous. Yes, and you always think, well, what could it be? True love's kiss, perhaps. But no, he has to go all the way back to get that bloody ring. Yeah. Which he's gonna be raging when he finds out that that is a purity ring. <laughs> She wants nothing to do with it. Um, so he puts the ring on her finger. She still doesn't wake up. And then he does have to kiss her. Though he could have just bloody kissed her. Mm. But no, I guess he had to complete his yeah, he had to challenge. Complete the challenge. Because now he can marry her. That, yeah. that them be the rules. But here's the thing. No talk. She does say that he's her prince and all of that. And yeah. she wakes up. But then she's like, can I come again tomorrow? But I like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool they don't immediately... Yeah, I thought it was kind of like, you know, because generally at the end of a fairy tale, it's like, right, we're getting married, we're doing this, and it's kind of a final thing. Mm -hmm. But I like that it left it open, and it was like, this was just a thing that happened. Yes. We're going to move on. We'll have all our adventures. And I like that, you know, they both have things about each other that they don't like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, her uppity ways. Yeah, Jack more so. (laughs) (laughs) And they live in very different worlds, but Mm -hmm. neither one of them wants the other one to change. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, how like, can it ever work? Well, I don't know how it could work, but I think that that's a nice lesson that mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Yes, that's right. Because she says you're my prince, and he says no, I'm just Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. it is not it is a nice just Jack. <laughs> but they don't in the U.S. version. Yeah, they run off. They had the mega happy ending. Meadow together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in that version, she runs off, and then he runs off with animals and such. So I guess that's nice. They'll have a nice long yeah. courtship. Oh, she's yeah. bloody singing again, by the way, at the end. That's about the fifth time. When I was watching it, I thought, oh yes, here's the bit where they go and join the horn back on and there's like magic and it rejoins itself. But is that from a different film? No. Because that seems like something I've seen. Because. But it might be from another film. Yeah. I don't but know. it feels like that Maybe should happen. Because there's two... Yeah, because there's three cuts of this film. There's the original, like, European-UK version. The sophisticated version. Yes. There's the US version, and there's the director's cut. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't really know. Yeah. So maybe that's just... 
But I remember the, something. Because two unicorns do appear at the end. The unicorn like look is looking at them and kind of nods her mm-hmm. head. And I just was thinking, you know, the unicorn's like, damn right, you have a promise to keep. Yeah. You know, you've you've put me through hell. My husband's lying out there, his horns have cut off. Yeah, go and help him. Yeah, let's get this sorted. I think what they need to do, like these unicorns, is perhaps create more unicorns so that everything about the safety of the world does not right. lie on their shoulders. Yeah. Because clearly you're some the, you're woman... You're a big Yes, because now I want to watch unicorn porn. Unicorn? Unicorn. Oh my. Um, that doesn't exist, it should. It really, really should. How many full teeth Tim Curry smiles would you give this film out of five? Well... No, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> I'm going to give it three and a half. And I know I keep giving halves. Okay? <laughs> I can't help it. I need a half. <laughs> so Sometimes a girl needs a half. Exactly. So I'm going to say three and a half. I see your three and a half. Mm. And I lower it to three. Very <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, see, I was kind of thinking three, but then I felt like that didn't. Like, I have watched Legend a lot in my life, and it didn't, just doesn't speak to how much I love it. Yeah. It's I, not a perfect film by any no. stretch of the imagination, but it's, to me, probably the perfect fairy tale film. Yeah. You know? it, it is, it is great. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. It's there, so beautiful. It has its faults, but I yeah. still do really like it. And if I think of our out of five, mm-hmm. um, three stars means I like it. Yeah. And four means I really like it and then five obviously I love it. But I do I do like it. Yeah. I, I just thinking about other films, it's like I c I can't put it up there with the rest of mine. See, I, I feel like I kind of do a little bit. Although three and a half to me is, is sort of average ish. It's mm-hmm. like moving past average. Mm-hmm. I do. It's just a yeah. film that I can watch a lot. The that in no way means that I don't think Really yes, good. it does. You hear it. You That's hear not true. <laughs> no, no, three is a good score. You know, I, I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's entertaining and it's really cool and it's yeah. definitely absolutely worth a watch. I don't think it's one of the ones that needs to stay in anyone's childhood because yes, I completely agree with that. Yeah, because the the set design alone, you need to mm-hmm. see it. You need to hear Jerry Goldsmith's score. Mm-hmm. You need to see and Tim Curry. He is so perfect in that film like it's one of his best roles it does have a lot of well I won't say darkness of course it has darkness in it but it has a lot of darker sort of um, subject matter to me and that is great for adults like there's no reason and also fairy tales are not just for kids no you know and like Star Wars is a fairy tale you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so they're not just for women and children (laughs) so I have a question for you Mm -hmm. Who would say screw for you? <laughs> See, this is <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna say big D. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say darkness because I don't know what it is. Tom Cruise to me in this film, like you know, I think Tom Cruise is really attractive, but not so much in this film. And he seems really young, so I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a child in this. Film. Yeah, and even though Big D is like a horrific creature. Just because it's Tim Curry and because I just think he's like really amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna say Big D. That's that's a scary thought. Who would Lynn screw for you? 
I absolutely would screw darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. He's so sexy. He is sexy. He's, I mean, he's not attractive. Yeah. He's the sexiest. For a demon, he's attractive. Yeah, he's the sexiest half goat, half bull, yeah. red looking motherfucker I've yeah, ever exactly. seen. Tell you what, he'd keep you safe, Big D. He would, you know. Although he might not be very nice to you. He would be nice to you. But yeah, great film, and I thoroughly recommend it to everyone. Definitely. Get out there, watch it. Yes. Legally, if you can. <laughs> Please do buy your killing the film industry. <laughs> Been watching any trailers this week? Yes, um, I've watched a few trailers, but the one that's really stood out for me is actually for a Blu-ray release. Oh, okay. It's the trailer for The Shallows. Oh, and yeah. it shows a fella watching The Shallows, and he's on his sofa, and he's eating popcorn, and The Shallows are getting really tense, and he's getting really tense, and then all of a sudden his floor turns to water, and mm. there's a shark, and it, you know he's like trying to get away from it, and he jumps and all, and it all corresponds with what's happening on in yeah. the movie. And it's brilliant. It makes yeah. me think of being a kid, like you had said, yes. and the floor being lava. We used yeah. to do that with Tremors as well. We used to oh, I love that film. <laughs> yes, because we never played The Floor Was Lava. You always, I always remember us playing The Floor Is Shark Infested Water. Because okay. again, well, we love sharks, as we both know. But um, I feel like I used to have nightmares and stuff about sharks quite a lot. They were quite scary to me. Oh. I know. Oh, speaking of sharks. There's USS Indianapolis, yes. Men of Courage, with Nicolas Cage, one of my favourites. <laughs> um, Reason doesn't look like he's doing any amazing screaming like he normally does. But that has a great connection to shark fans. Oh, yes, definitely. And what might that be, Zay? Well, Quint, our, one of our favourite characters, in, well, there's not that many char- great characters to choose from. There's a lot of assholes in Jaws. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> which he's kind of one of them. But he's a great character. He served on the USS Indianapolis, which was um, wrecked by a Japanese bomber. And his description of that. His description of having to be in the water, mm-hmm. shark-infested waters, yeah. for five days they're in the water. One of the best scenes of all time. Oh, it's amazing. It's so perfect. You wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah. So, so good. Talking about Jaws, though, um, it just made me think, because you were talking about characters, and that there's not many characters in Jaws to choose from that are good. Mm-hmm. It made me think of that line in Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters movie, where she says, you're just like the mayor from Jaws, and he gets really angry. Yeah, says, don't, don't come near me. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Ben Affleck's new film, uh, yes. Live by Night, which looks really good. It does look really good. Like a gangster film, proper gangster film. The way it's advertised, though, they, they say, like, from the director of Argo and The Town, mm-hmm. As if we don't, yeah. It's like, just say that. Yes, from Ben Affleck. But I suppose. Like, yeah, they want to pick that because yeah, those cool. are really critically acclaimed films. And they're really great films. Great films. Fargo, I think, is really brilliant. Mm-hmm. But it looks really good. And is it Zoe Saldana? Is in it as well, plays his girlfriend? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. That cool. Is it 19. I feel like it's 1930s. Yeah. 1930s style. You've got a flapper. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, looks really good. And yeah, they made another Underworld film. Yes, I watched the trailer for that. And. I really liked Underworld. Me too. First one's great. Loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed the second one. Yep. And I enjoyed The Rise of the Lycans. Oh, which... I cannot believe you enjoy that film. But, no, no, I, <laughs> I enjoyed it at the time. <laughs> well, I, like, I liked that they didn't um, continue 
with yeah. the Celine story. I like that they went back yes. and tried to show and the more werewolf because I love yeah, werewolf. and Michael um, Sheen's Sheen. in it, and, and he's fantastic. And there's a wonderful sex scene on the cliff. That is the worst sex scene I've ever watched. <laughs> it is ludicrous. But the thing with him like going over the cliff—that's what was ludicrous. His face, and I love Michael Sheen. Like, he is, Michael Sheen is one of my favorite actors of all time. Okay, well, hold no on, joke. hold on. When I say wonderful, I don't mean like. I no, that's what you No, I don't mean it like that. Like... I just mean that the, the, oh. the hanging off the cliff was pretty uh, <laughs> It, it could have been cool, watching. but it, I, I don't know whether it's just because it's Michael Sheen and I think of... See, Michael Sheen to me is also kind of... It makes me think of Wesley Snipes. Now, not the film actor Wesley Snipes, but the character that Michael Sheen portrays in 30 Rock, which anyone who has watched that knows is one of the best characters of all time. And it makes me think of that. And then... Wesley Snipes is there, half half on half off a cliff, which is a which you think I would like, but um anyway, but yeah, the underworld films in general, uh, have their ups and downs. Yeah, I sort of enjoy them because I think she looks amazing, she and her whole I love her. appearance is just so Such cool. Badass. Yeah. But and I think the design of the lichens is incredible because they're so big. Yeah, they're so big, scary. And, like creatures. They're not just a wolf. Yeah. But they're not like that sort of classic, the you know, the werewolf. Yeah. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Wolfman, like the old wolfman film. Yeah. It's not like that either. I like that they're not too elongated as well. Yeah. You know, There's still something like anthropomorphic about them, even yeah. when they're a wolf. And they all just look like, you know, they're, they're so buff, they don't have necks anymore, you know, yeah. that's how buff they are. Yeah, yeah. Which always actually really makes me sick. Yeah, it grosses me. In like, human beings? Yeah. Not in werewolves. Werewolves. Brilliant. Yeah. Perfect. You don't need a neck. Underworld Blood Wars, it's called. It comes out on the 3rd of February, uh, 2017. The problem with it is, I do enjoy that character, and Celine does it again like a mega badass. Mm-hmm. But it's just much the same. Yeah, so exactly. It just seems Here's the same, the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. My pick, however, is Hunt for the Wilder People, which is Taika Waititi's um, oh. newest film. Um, Sam Neill is in it, and basically... A little boy and Sam Neill, this kind of gruff older man, bushman kind of thing, get lost in the wilds of New Zealand. Um, because Taika Waititi is a New Zealand actor and director who directed, co-directed, I should say, and co-wrote What We Do in the Shadows. Which is phenomenal. Oh my goodness. One of my, definitely now, I know it's a very recent film, but is up there amongst my favorite yeah. vampire films certainly yeah. but amongst my favorite comedy films it's, it's, it's just so great. good and because it has vampires and elements of horror mm-hmm. you really need to, the perfect time to watch it halloween is just around the corner so please it's on netflix perfect. so you can go and watch it what we do in the shadows yes. and taika waititi is directing thor ragnarok Ooh. so again <laughs> i'm a fan of thor so i'm pretty excited and i'm very excited to see what he'll do Hopefully without too much studio interference. Mm-hmm. I haven't read too much from the set. And also, he's very, very handsome. So Yeah, give him a quick Google, everyone. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's what drawn me to a film then, as you know. That's it, yep, yep. That's, all I look that is why we always play the game of who would say screw for you. Yeah, because if there isn't someone, it's a waste of a film. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't make it. I believe you. Yeah. DVD releases, I Saw the Light. Tom Hiddleston's film about Hank Williams. Oh, yes. Which I don't think did very well. No, I don't think it did. I think it had a very short run in the cinema. Very. It was in and out. Just like you wish he was. (laughs) Not anymore. 
Oh, let's not get into it. Okay, let's just not. I guess it's a thing of like just how interested you are in seeing a film about Hank Williams. Yeah, I never been that into Hank Williams, so I don't know anything about him really. Yeah, I don't really know much about it. Uh, I I kind of felt like they were trying to bank in on I Walk the Line, Walk the Line, which is just a phenomenal film. Yeah, it's really great. And but I mean, Hank Williams has a real base of fans, so yeah. Maybe they didn't take kindly to an Englishman portraying. Perhaps, perhaps. So that's out if you want to go and check it out. I won't be. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, but I'll watch in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Because Loki is the bee's knees. <laughs> there was a film that we had mentioned last week called um, Captain Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a review that Kamo did today. And he gave it a pretty decent, nice review and science praises. Yeah, and I tend to, I tend to agree with him. Yeah, but then he did enjoy. He did admit that it wasn't a good film, but he did enjoy Gods of Egypt. Oh yeah. But then so did I for its own. (laughs) So I shouldn't really diss it because it is hilariously Mm -hmm. bad. So it's a special film anniversary next Friday, Lynn. So what film is that? Aliens. One of your all-time favorite films. Absolutely. I'm going to see it as part of the Belfast Film Festival at T13. Mm-hmm. on the 24th of September and I cannot wait it's going <laughs> to be amazing yes so we're going to do another Ridley Scott film next week Alien yeah. mm-hmm. and Aliens which is so good so good they're both so good they're both so good and we differ on which one we prefer yeah so that's interesting yeah both I think, great though but they are both they're you know they're very different films for those who are not familiar with Aliens they're both science fiction films but Alien is a horror film and Aliens is an action film yeah so there's a very clear definitions. Whatever you're into, yeah, you'd be drawn to whichever one. But they're both just perfect. Yeah, for me. they're so good. Oh my god, I'm gonna oh find <laughs> So okay, so I will leave everyone with a famous parting line from a film. What is it? Let's go. Is it let's go? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that might even be what it probably is. Bye. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway once wrote. The world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. So clap.